This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 328 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Pressure proof the holidays. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our terrific sponsors this week are EasySignsOnline.com, Mill Creek Spreaders, and RidingWarehouse.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. I'm Glenn the Geek. And I am Helena B. And you're listening to my favorite show on the Horse Radio Network, the Stable Scoop Radio Show. I'm glad to hear your own show is your favorite. That would be uh, weird if it wasn't. Well, so. it used to be Horse Tip Daily, which I still love. But, you know, I'm... I'm well, we've been doing better now as we've been stepping up. <laughs> I'm getting reacquainted with my first love, Stable Scoop. And... And and the affair has been rekindled. Oh, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we uh, we have a fun show planned for you today. We have Auditor Celeste Coulter coming on with us. She's one of our terrific auditors, and she's doing a book review for us, The Pressure Proof Your Writing with Daniel Stewart. And then uh, we have Viola coming back to us from Aspire Equestrian from Reading, England. We're revisiting one of our past guests, and I mean really past and then uh, we're going to take a look at uh, some custom products you can get for, uh, for the holidays for, for our Attack and Habits segment brought to you by Riding Warehouse. So all of that is coming up. But first, we have to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Couple, couple, couple. We hope you enjoy your holiday. I am frying a turkey again this year. Uh, you know, a couple of years, I've been frying turkeys for years, but I've always had one of those big pot things that has the open flame thing, you know, from the ga- hooks to the gas tank and has the yep. open flame things and it's a big pot and then you put it outside. Well, the one here we read, Jennifer's brother, this wasn't funny, but it was funny now because we didn't But we're going to laugh down. about it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we had this thing and the oil was gone and we had the turkey in and everything. Well, they have this big long thermometer that you stick in to make sure your oil doesn't get too hot. Well... You know, I went outside, it had been in, and it only takes an hour to fry a turkey. And I, I went out for about 20 minutes, and I went, wow, this thing's smoking a lot. And I, <laughs> I checked the thermometer, and it was fine. It was like 350 degrees, which is what you want. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, and I went, something is still wrong here. because this. Is, and I pulled the turkey up, and it was like turning black. And I realized that the thermometer hadn't been stuck into the oil it had actually gotten stuck into the turkey breast so it wasn't measuring the temperature of the oil <gasps> it was measuring the temperature of the turkey the turkey so, so oh my god when i took it out and actually first of all i think it turned the flame off right and yeah. and i put the t- thermometer actually into the oil it was at 500 degrees the oh flash point for the oil is 520 we were what happens when it hits flash point it catches fire it turns it erupts in fire. Oh, 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 yeah. The whole okay, oil yeah. just starts to burn. 
and we would have had burnt the house down. <laughs> I mean, we were doing it outside in the garage, you know, at the very edge of the garage, but still, these flames, when the, I've seen when that happens, and it bubbles <laughs> over, and then everything goes, every, you can watch YouTube videos of this happening, <laughs> and uh, it would have just burnt the house down. So, thank God, I had noticed it when I did and noticed there was a little too much smoke. So I've solved that problem now, and I've got one of the Butterball indoor turkey fryers. And it regulates the temperature for you. Everything's automatic. You know, we don't still don't do it inside. We still do it in the garage. But you could actually do it in your house. And it's made for frying other things, not just turkey. A 12 to 14-pound turkey will fit in it. But you can do chickens. You can do French fries. I mean, anything you would fry. Fried chicken you can do yeah. in, in this fryer. so And it's safe. It's made to be do, done inside, and it's much safer than the other way of <laughs> doing it. So I feel better now that I'm still frying my turkeys and not trying to burn the house down. And so do my brothers, by the way. Because <laughs> <So laughs> it's, yeah. it's their houses. So like, yeah, You always do it in someone else's house. Yes. <laughs> but there's nothing better than fried turkey. Oh, it's just so good and I know. Oh, I've juicy. had fried turkey to f- a oh. few holidays, and and yeah, man, is it good. Oh, and, man. And I use it... this Cajun uh, garlic and herb uh, seasoning that we squirt in the turkey and then put it on the outside. <gasps> so, and the crispy skin. Oh, it's nothing better than crispy skin. I know. Are we making everybody Why are you doing hungry this for turkey? <laughs> My mouth is literally watering. It's coming up. It's only a day away, people. You're going to be fine. So you'll make it anyway. I'm looking forward to that. Got the turkey and ready to go. Ready to cook. But we have a show to do first. So let's just get yeah. right to it. What do you think? Okay. Let's All hear right. about yeah. let's go from turkey to poop. Let's hear about Mill Creek spreaders for the <laughs> finest manure spreaders on the market today. If you want one that's never ever gonna rust, then Mill Creek spreaders are the ones for you. And let's hear about that. And we're coming back with Auditor Celeste Coulter with a book review. They've made the best even better. Mill Creek Manufacturing is now the first and only company to make stainless steel compact manure spreaders. What does that mean for you? A worry-free solution to your manure management for years to come. Often if a body on a spreader rusts, it's time for a new one. And we've had that happen. We certainly had some old spreaders that rusted out. Mill Creek stainless steel spreaders are guaranteed not to rust through for life. These are the only compact manure spreaders you'll find anywhere with a warranty like that. There's also a three-year warranty on the mechanics and structure. Put this together with Mill Creek's exclusive low-maintenance sealed bearings, and you've got a machine that you can count on to perform day in and day out with no headaches for you. The stainless steel option is available on six of Mill Creek's models, from the popular 27, suitable for up to four horses, to the Big Daddy 127 for over 20 horses. Two of the models can be ordered with either ground or PTO drive. Like all Mill Creek spreaders, stainless steel spreaders have the lowest sides in the industry for easy manure loading. You can't go wrong with any Mill Creek manure spreader, but the new stainless steel models are truly something special. You've never seen anything like them before. Mill Creek has been in business for almost 30 years, and they've continuously improved their designs with horse owners in mind. Horse owners like you and I, who appreciate the best quality, 
best engineered machines on the market. When you call Mill Creek, you'll reach them at their own factory in Pennsylvania. That's right, not in India, but in Pennsylvania, because they're all made in the USA. Give them a call today at 800-311-1323 or visit their website at millcreekspreaders.com. That's millcreekspreaders.com. Well, we have Auditor Celeste Coulter coming on with us now to do a book review. As you know from past episodes, the auditors have the first opportunity to get the books that we get in for review and to give us a, uh, a really a listener review of uh, all the new books coming out. And Celeste, I want to thank you, first of all, for, for doing our first auditor roundtable. You you and uh, Robin and Doreen did it, and we appreciate the three of you getting together and doing that for us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was like making some new horsey friends. Yeah, And you guys did a great job, and it, it really was just listening to you guys talk about horses and life and, <laughs> and everything that went along with it. If people want to listen to that, it's on the Stable Scoop feed. You can find it uh, on the app on the Stable. Just go to Stable Scoop, and you'll see it in there. Uh, or it's on the the uh, Stable Scoop website. Both both places is where you'll find the first auditor roundtable. It was a lot of fun. So thank you for doing that. Well, Celeste, pressure-proof your riding by one of our friends, Daniel Stewart. has been on the show here many times. Uh, Helena's been to his clinics. Yeah, I've hosted his clinics. I've been to his clinics. I have his books. Yeah. So what did you think? Now, remind everybody, are you a competition rider? Are you a casual rider? Remind everybody of that. Um, so I'm an amateur competition rider. I uh, do three-day eventing um, at the pretty much the lower levels right now, just with some of my personal horses. Um, but I do like to get out there and show for sure when I can have the extra money. <laughs> Has fear or pressure ever been a problem for you? Oh. <laughs> I, I think anyone who's ever ever competed has had a, a nervous or or pressure moment that they've had to deal with. So I definitely um, dressage makes me super nervous. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I can go out and I can run cross country and I can jump big jumps in the stadium, but going in dressage is horrible because I know everyone's watching me and a judge is actually sitting there critiquing me the whole time and. I get nervous, and then I make my horse upset, and then my horse gets strong, and then I get more upset. So it's definitely the reason that I had uh, offered to do the pressure proof your riding because I hope that, if nothing else, it could at least help me personally with dealing with some of that. <laughs> you know, you can get away with little things in cross-country that nobody's going to see because you're out there pretty much, you know, at the lower levels, you're out there by yourself. It's not like Rolex where there's a ton of people out there watching you. So you can get away yeah, with little exactly. things. And you're right, dressage, it's like... Every little thing's being critiqued. Um, yep, well, in the be- score. <laughs> before you get into your review, you know, there are five types of fear. One is terror. Two is panic. <laughs> three is 14 missed calls from mom. Four is, username, four is username or password is incorrect. I hate that one. And five is we need to talk. Those are the five main types of fear. Now, we need to talk. Oh, my God. That one, that cold sweat. Yes, oh. it is. Those words, we need to talk, are like the four f- worst words in the human language. Um, now, I don't know if Daniel covered the uh, last three on here. I think he covered terror and panic, but I'm not sure he covered the we need to talk. Well, terror and panic definitely envelope we need to talk. So, all right, let's, uh, let's hear your review of the book, Pressure Proof Your Writing. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I I liked it a lot. Um, I I felt like the layout of the book was, uh, in my opinion, almost like a little bit of a textbook, which I guess makes sense because it's sports psychology, so it's going over the psychology of what what's happening with you as you're having those pressure moments that you're trying to deal with. Um, so I felt like it was laid out a little bit like a textbook and maybe it's just from having gone through school and everything, but I liked it that way because it made it really easy to follow. Um, like it would, uh, it would introduce a particular topic and it would kind of review like here are the different symptoms of it and these are usually the times that it, you know, that it can pop up and that you're going to have to be aware that you're going to have to fight them. And then it would move from the symptoms to ways to help combat letting it overtake your ride. And then it would have this really nice review at the end of each chapter where it was almost like a little bit of a, um, you know, a question answer test where you can say like, oh, well, I do have problems with that. So check yes. And I don't have problems with that. Check now. And it would kind of give you a scoring system that it would say like, you know, you're really good in this one area, so you probably actually don't need to work on this much. But then maybe the next chapter, you go through the review at the end, and it's like, oh, this is something that you struggle a lot more with. Maybe this is a chapter you want to go back and kind of earmark so that it's something you can remember to start using those different tools to help fight the nerves as they come up. So I thought it was laid out in a in a really easy-to-follow manner. And... um I don't know. I mean, I, I guess uh, it's sort of hard, since, if, unless we're going to do an hour-long review, which we're not, to um, go into each thing. But I felt like he, I felt like he went over all of the highlights, and then as each chapter breaks down, he kind of calls up the different things that some of us do. Like, um, just especially, I think for me, a lot of it was like the defense mechanism. I think I do that one a lot where um, it's essentially saying things like making excuses for yourself. Like you tell your friend or you tell your trainer, like, well, he's had a really bad morning. So if we don't have a good ride, that's why. It's like, you shouldn't make excuses for yourself because otherwise it's giving you a reason not to do well. So just stuff like that. Um, things that we don't necessarily even realize we're doing to try and maybe cope with it so that we either don't feel quite so much pressure or so that we don't feel quite so um, negative about it if we do have a bad ride. And uh, those are the kind of things he's just trying to call your attention to so that it's something that you can learn to either avoid doing in the future or maybe change it a little so that you're going into it with a more positive perspective. And as you kind of mentally coach yourself into thinking like, I'm going to have a good dressage test. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick up the wrong lead or whatever then, um, you know, as you start to tell yourself that more often, you actually start to believe it and you follow it more in the long run. So I really so, thought it was a good help. I'll definitely keep it on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, it becomes these little, t- the the um, the tips that he gives you are easily digestible so that they, they do become part of your um, first reaction to any situation. Because like you said, like yeah. you your defense mechanisms are so quick and they're so ingrained in you it's hard to change them so what the the tips he puts in the books are like you can easily make them a part of your first response takes a little practice but it definitely is doable yeah and sometimes I think um I think a lot of us probably avoid doing some of this stuff naturally just because we feel silly doing it like some of the stuff he's like telling you to come up with acronyms that you can kind of repeat to yourself and 
she's not saying you have to ride around the ring saying an acronym out loud, like counting strides. She's just saying something that something that you can make, you know, like you said, easily break it down, digest it, and just say it to yourself in your head as you're riding to help keep yourself in that good mental state so that you don't get to the point of nerves or, or what have you that, that's going to translate to your force and then your force is going to react to it. Because I know that that's a big part of my problem in dressage. It's why dressage makes me so nervous <laughs> because I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's one thing to my horse goals with me on cross country. I can, I can get him <laughs> back in, under wraps between, you know, jump eight and jump nine, but your size is that all of those moves come up so quick, one right after another. And, and when your horse you bolts in dressage, it's, it's so never hard good. to gain it back. Yeah. <laughs> no, usually they end dressage. up taking out the ring yeah. or... <laughs> <laughs> or jumps the chain, have had yeah, that happen. That's never good when they yeah. leave the ring. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> now, if there's one thing, yeah. we don't have a lot of time left, but is there? if there's one thing that really hit you over the head that relate directly to you, what would it have been? Was there one thing that really jumped out at you, like you took a hammer and hit you on the head? <laughs> um, probably the, the, in the third chapter, he talked about there's, there's no wrong way to do the right thing. Like, that's how he started the third chapter. And it was about positive mental traits. And I think that that was big to me because it's like, well, I, I thought it was going to be some like ingredient for this is exactly how you do it right. Like this is how you do it wrong. This is how you do it right. Very black and white, but it's, it's not at all. It's like everybody has to, you know, we all learn different ways. We all absorb different ways and we all have different issues that we work through either for ourselves or our forces or together as a team. And so, um, that to me was like, you know, there is no set formula to fix it, but you can take a little bit of this and a little bit of that from each chapter or different techniques that he talks about and whatever works best for you, you put it together as your personal plan. So I thought that was probably the biggest thing that stepped out to me was just that if, uh, if I wanted to change things, I just needed to pick and choose what was going to work best for us. And then that would become my personal formula, but it's very, it's very succinct to just me and my horse. And it might even change from, me and that horse to me and another horse, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you could take it with you. It's assumable. Yeah. Well, this is Pressure Proof Your Riding by Daniel Stewart. Two last questions. Would it make a good Christmas gift? Or are you insulting somebody giving it to him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it would make a good Christmas gift. I think if somebody gets insulted, then they have a bigger issue. <laughs> because I think we all know that we have things we They need can, a different book. <laughs> I think we all know they we have things we can work on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it would be a really good gift, and, and I don't think it, it's really outside of anybody's price range. So um, it's definitely one I'll, I'll keep on the shelf forever now that I have it. And our grading system, uh, you got a bale of hay, six flakes in it. What would you give it? probably give it four and a half to five. Okay. Terrific. Nice. Well, that's a pretty good rating. Thank you so much, Celeste, for one, for being an auditor and a listener, and thank you for also being a terrific book reviewer. You did great. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me, guys, and thanks for letting me have the opportunity to do it. Okay. Well, we thank Celeste for doing that and also for doing the, the Auditor Roundtable. If you want to be an auditor, that's just a way to kind of it's an inside circle of the Horse Radio Network. You can kind of be one of the special people. And uh, they, they help support the Horse Radio Network. And 50% of the money that we get from auditors, uh, donations from auditors, go to the hosts. And it's divided up amongst the hosts. So Helena gets part of that. 
And we appreciate everybody that does it. It means that you really like what we do and you want to see us hang around. We do have advertisers, but that covers the bills, and none of us make much money doing that, and the auditor money really does help. You can become an auditor just by going to stablescoop.com and clicking on the big auditor banner in the middle of the page for as little as $1 a month. You Not bad. That. Yeah. I mean, a dollar a month for, and if you join the programs and you can afford a little bit extra, that's fine. If you can't, that's not a problem. You're still allowed to listen. Uh, we, you know, another way you can help that's free is go onto Facebook and post that you love the Stable Scoop show and that it's one of your favorite things to do every week and try and get your friends, talk about it at the barn. You know, just tell everybody that you know about the Stable Scoop and the Horse Radio Network, and that also helps us out greatly. We're going to speak to Viola from Aspire Equestrian in Reading, England. She was one of our past guests, and we're going to check back in with her. Hey, Viola, welcome back to the show. Hello. It's fantastic to hear you again. I know, and you're, you're in England right now, right? I am, yes. And, of course, we talked to Viola, actually, this is October 3rd of 2008. This, you were in our, our eighth episode. We had only done eight shows by the time we talked to you. Why you agreed to come on, I'm not quite sure, because we had no listeners. So, <laughs> and, Well, you, you didn't want to hear from me for another, what, six years now. <laughs> but that's all right. Yeah, but we've kept in touch on Facebook. That's one nice thing about Facebook. Uh, You do track each other and keep in touch on Facebook. And I know you've been doing a whole lot of stuff over there in England. And we're we're having this series where we're getting caught up on previous guests. So tell us, what's life like for you now? Well, I don't think it's that much different than it was when we last spoke. It's just a little bit busier. And um, I guess I've I've built the confidence and just the knowledge to do a little bit more of what I always wanted to do. But otherwise, I'm still freelancing. I'm teaching and indulging in my geeky blog that I, you've probably seen as well. Yep. yep. And yeah, I've been I've been in Portugal for a year since we last spoke and did some training for myself. So yes, a lot of exciting things happening. What kind of tell training? us a little bit yeah. about Portugal? Yeah. That's exciting. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because well, we're all I cold just, and wet um, here in the States, yeah. so we <laughs> want to live vicariously oh. through your adventures. Well, I was in the north Portugal, which is very, very rainy, actually, so you don't have to be too jealous. Okay. But it does, the summers are gorgeous, really, really sunny and warm. But I did, uh, you know, I'm getting really old now, so I thought I'd better <laughs> go and do some training <laughs> for myself. Um, and I had a chance to go and work for a lovely place in North, Port- North Portugal. And, yeah, so I did um, pretty much both dressage and jumping, um, training with some fantastic coaches and on fantastic horses. I can give you details afterwards if you want to include in the show because they, we did have some American guests as well. So, oh, did you get yeah, to meet anybody uh, that we would know? Oh, I'm not sure. Although the girl who came from America, from Colorado, she is now, I think, quite a nice little junior dressage rider. So perhaps you will know. You'll come across her at some point. I will maybe leave some details later. Okay. And what you know? What what would you say was the best part of your training over there? What did you you know? What what did you walk away with? The jumping training. Yeah. I had a really really fantastic jumping trainer. He's a, a Portuguese national champion, and you know some people just ride really well, but can't really teach very well. 
well, he can both ride very well and teach very well. So I learned a lot. Um, yeah, the jumping training, I think, although dresser training was superb as well because the horses were fantastic. But because um, yeah, I love my jumping, so jumping. Were they all the Spanish uh, horses that you were riding there? There were Portuguese, Lusitano horses. Lusitanos, okay. Oh, that's, um, that yeah. helps. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well-bred. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. The, the place is really high-standard, high-quality place, so we had some really, really good horses. Um, very pricey horses, but really fantastic. Very well-bred, really, really well-skilled. So you learn from the horse as well as from instruction. Do you find that their their personality lends them to being good instructors or is it more their physicality that makes them good horses to learn on or or a combination of both? Mm, Yeah, they're very, very sensitive. Um, But they also have a very sort of like Labrador type personality. They really want to please you. So even with if you don't get things very well, they do try to help you and they are a really unique type of horses. Now that I've spent a year with them and I rode them, I, I totally know what others are saying about the Iberian horses in general. They're, they're quite different. Hmm. But yes, I do think that it, there is a huge, um, there is a big element of that, of, of those horses' will to cooperate with the rider and they really want to get things right. It is quite fantastic. That sounds nice. The, the, to be fair, though, the horses that uh, I trained on, most of them were trained to at least to San George um, with elements of Grand Prix. So they are very experienced horses. So <laughs> they're even more unique in that case because in in this um, context because they they do cope with quite a lot of variety of different riders, and not all riders there uh, who come um, are that experienced. So they do have to sort of have a very good temperament. Well, you know, it's not too bad when you get to ride the pre-St. George and uh, uh, no, Grand Prix horses. It is <laughs> a hard life, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's never too bad. <laughs> when, when, when they start doing the movements without you, you know, that's... Uh, well, that's, uh, yeah. honestly, they do. You, you sort of fit a little bit too strong and you have a facade that you didn't ask for. And But you learn. You learn how much you know, how much core to use, how much leg to use. There's a lot they're of people very, that very would like sensitive. passages that they didn't ask for. I mean, there, there, a lot of people would love to have a horse that did that. That's how I ride all the time. My oh, horse yeah. does stuff. I'm like, oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. It's you that, drive. It's that replicating it thing that's a problem. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's making it yeah. happen twice. Well, now you are an instructor and trainer over there. Now, the British system, remind everybody, the British system for instruction and training works a little bit different, and a lot of our new listeners won't realize that you guys actually have a system uh. we do have a system it's called british horse society and it it consists of a series of exams teaching exams and writing exams um it is um i think it sort of it develops over time and the the you know just the whole evolution of the system is always there there is quite a traditional system so you will come across many people who teach differently to those who maybe started doing exams later or maybe come from different backgrounds. But generally, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a good framework, I, I suppose. Do you have to be licensed to go through the, uh, go through the courses to be an instructor? No, no. you don't. Um, but most 
most coaches who think seriously about it either will go competition route, so they'll try to prove themselves if, if they can financially afford it or have, are in a situation to compete, then they'll, they'll go that way. And if they like teaching, they'll teach. But uh, let's say if you don't have an opportunity to, to ride a lot and compete, then, and you still want to seriously think about career in teaching, then you would go the exam route for sure. But one doesn't exclude the other, of course. So you might be able, you might be doing both. So tell us about the blog. It's aspireequestrian.wordpress.com, and you've been writing a bunch of articles. You've been doing a lot of Christmas gift ideas and and all kinds of things on on here. I know that's how I found you six years ago was through your I blog, know. and you obviously love to write, and you're a good writer. Um, Thank you. So you know you've kept this up. What what's your goal with the blog? Is it just something? Is it an outlet for you? Yes, it's definitely just my geeky creative side. I can indulge in that. Like I love writing and sharing and um, just the, the whole educational side of teaching um, is what I really enjoy. And blogging, I guess, is just an extension of all that. I, I always wanted to reach more writers, and there's only as many writers I can teach in real life. So, uh, yeah, that's how. that's why the blogging, I guess. But the guides, um, that was just a little idea that I had, which sort of grown much bigger than I had initially planned. But <laughs> basically, I just wanted to provide a little fun content to my readers because I have readers from all over the world. And uh, I just thought, oh, what can I do to just do something fun for Christmas time? So I thought, okay, I'll just bring all the little businesses that normally don't get advertised anywhere. But I see them on Twitter and I some maybe Facebook, maybe just online, and I love them. So I just, um, Twitter is the best. I, I really love Twitter. So I just spoke to a few people and just said, look, do you want to come together and send me answers to those questions? And yeah, and then it's sort of, it's sort of grown. <laughs> so I did, uh, decided to do, because I got so many things sent to me that I decided to just divide it into parts and publish every week until Christmas. And I got to know some fantastic little things, some, you know, items or, or services that I've never heard of. You must look up. There is this one company called Save Horton Rider, I think. Um, they have a, you have a little chip in the saddle and you have a little bra- um, bracelet on your arm and on your hand. And if you get back to Finuid, uh, you have a little system for somebody to find you where I found your horse and just loads of little things I've never heard of and yeah I just got to hear about it so I hope everybody else did as well and it's it's really popular judging by my stats well I gotta tell you the one thing I'm gonna make sure my wife doesn't see is you reviewed a company called Red Scarf Equestrian (laughs) and uh, she loves she's a handbag fanatic and uh, she cannot (laughs) see this at all no. How gorgeous is that red bag, though? Come on, you must show her. It's in Canada as well, so not far from you. Yeah, but it's $1,200 for a purse. Why can't I see this? Okay, people, why it's can't on, I? It's on, if you go to her website, aspirequestion.wordpress.com, it's part four, what to buy for a horse person this yep. Christmas, part four. And it's in there, and I was looking through it, and I was going, yeah, she would love that stuff, but I'm not buying a purse for $1,200. I don't care what anybody says. 
Uh, I still can't find it. <laughs> I'll send you a link. Uh, no, I want to see it now. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you a link in Skype. All right. So I'll Skype it to you here. You can't be talking about a $1,200 purse and like, I you know. I just Skyped it to you. <laughs> But you have a whole bunch of stuff. You know, we do reviews, product reviews. We have for the last six years. And there's stuff in here I haven't seen before. I think in Europe you get get a wider variety of products than we do. Um, Do you think? I always look up and I think, oh, (gasps) oh my God, I need that boot bag. (laughs) Alina found it. I need them both. (gasps) (laughs) Isn't the boot bag cool? Do Uh, not let your wife see this. Now the bo- why is it that it says here the oh the boot bag's only five hundred and forty dollars? Um, yeah, you see, it's not bad at that. <laughs> for a oh, Bill, you are the bomb. You are the bomb. Okay, you're gonna have to post these on uh, on uh, on chasing your website. Yeah, on chasing a fox because uh, that's yeah. is chasing a fox material here. Yeah, uh, I'll link them over here. Twelve hundred dollars for a purse. Look at that thing, though. That's not how a many purse. did you buy, that's Viola? Like a reason for it's being. It's not just a purse. I couldn't afford a part of it, but, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you can always dream, right? I know, I can't I even can, afford the I tag. I get a tag. <laughs> get the tag. <laughs> get the tag. That's $300. That's really nice. Red scarf equestrian. They, they, they have, nice they have, they have some cups, coffee cups. I could get that. <laughs> That's $200. <laughs> they have Wellington Boot Guest Soap. This is cute. This cute little site. Nice job, Viola. You really, you pick them. You pick them. I like it. They, they, found, they found me. I've been, like, you know, just tweeting about it and just trying to find people. And then if I see something, I just say, look, do you want to come on? And actually, this part four was probably the most expensive. Normally, the 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 guy the people I got involved they're just small businesses you know just like there's this one that does um, jewelry from hair, horse hair really yeah. lovely company from Ireland um, and this this is quite affordable but the bags yeah they're pretty good yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's uh, that's great it, and, and you, if if you want to check it out and see what uh, everybody's talking about it's aspire a s p i r e equestrian dot wordpress dot com if you search for aspire equestrian you you can find it that way and we'll put links in our show notes on our Facebook page as well thank you so much Viola for stopping by again and have a terrific holiday and you have a merry Christmas I hope somebody buys you one of those bags for Christmas. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but don't look for it I from do, us. It's I? not coming, okay? So yes. We're, we're not sending it to you. I just wanted to let you know it's not coming from us, okay? Uh. <laughs> okay. <That's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you, Viola. <laughs> Bye, Viola. It's always fun catching up with our past guests. It's good to know that Viola is doing so well. Not that I would expect her to do She's anything fun. less I like than her. well. She's super fun. I love her attitude. She's got great energy. And she knows what she's doing. That always helps. Yeah, that you know, we didn't even talk about her training business, but she has a very successful training business over there. So we'll um, have to have her back on and talk about what she's done with training business because that has grown in leaps and bounds since we had her on last. Right. Yep. Definitely. So we'll definitely do that. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, one of my favorite parts of the show. It is the Tack and Habits segment, and this Tack and Habits segment is sponsored by Riding Warehouse. RidingWarehouse.com, your one-stop online tack shop. A huge selection of your favorite products and brands, but also including really unique and hard-to-find items like knee patch and full-seat riding jeans with cargo pockets. 
rigging converters, and a wide variety of bitless bridles. Listeners of the Horse Radio Network can use the coupon code RADIO for 15% off their order this month only, plus free shipping over $50 or $5 for second day air, and a return policy like no other in the business, and that is free returns for one year both ways. You can find it all at ridingwarehouse.com. Give them a chance and save 15%. Use the coupon code RADIO at checkout. Today's product is actually not just one product, but a series of products. They are signs, signs for your home, your business, your horse farm, and it's from Easy Signs Online, easysignsonline.com. And we're going to talk with Easy Signs Online owner, Wayne. Well, we have Wayne back on with us. You know, we talked, I think, in the last couple of years about getting a custom sign for the holidays. And EasySignsOnline.com is one of our sponsors, but they also make a terrific holiday gift. Wayne, I have you back because I wanted to talk a little bit about one of the things that came up. And I was talking to somebody who will remain nameless because she'd be mad if I mentioned her name. Um, So she'll remain nameless, but she needs to get a, a sign. But... She said a couple things. She said, oh, it's probably a hassle. And, you know, she just was whining a little bit about it. And you must run into that all the time. People think it's hard. Yeah. The, the nice thing about the website, it's set up to make it as easy as, pop- as possible. It's, it's as dummy proof as you can get as far as ordering a custom sign. Um, it, all the prices, all the options are shown on the website. It takes you through a very easy step-by-step process. We do still have plenty of time for Christmas orders if you need a sign delivered by the 25th, there's still plenty of time. Most of our signs right now are shipping within one to two weeks, so we still have uh, over a month to play with here. So, Oh, we and, like that. And do they have to have their, like, okay, I, let's say I want to buy Helena a sign for her farm. Do you have a name for your farm, Helena? Hither and Yon. Hither and Yon. All right, I want to buy her a sign. And, uh, you know, but I don't know about artwork and all that stuff. What would I, what would I do? Well, for horse farms, we have dozens of stock graphics that you can choose from on the website if you want to put some kind of a horse graphic on there. Or a lot of people choose to send us a picture or a graphic that they have uh, of their own horse. Um, We can also put that on the sign and customize it even further with with a picture of your your own horse on there. And if somebody, do you have a logo for your farm, Helena? No. Of course not. You're a graphic designer. Why would a graphic designer have a logo for their own da- Exactly. <laughs> All right. But if she had a logo for her farm, <laughs> then I could send you that and you could use that too? Yes. We do take customer supplied logos and graphics and uh, that can very easily be incorporated into the sign layout. As you go through the step-by-step process, that is one of the options you will have to choose from is whether you want to choose a stock graphic that we offer or supply one of your own logos or graphics. And, of course, my co-host on the morning show, Jamie, moved to Phoenix and ended up shortly after she moved there getting a sign from Wayne. That was five years ago, four or five years ago now, and she's had it outside, and it has not faded at all, and that's in 120-degree Phoenix heat. So these things really are durable and made to last. Yeah, the uh, the nice thing about it is we're using PVCs and aluminum signboard materials. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> And clearly, you're very busy. Yes, clearly, it's very busy there at the sign company. (laughs) So they really are sturdy and durable. And you know, one of the cool things about having buying a gift like this is every time somebody then pulls in their driveway, they're going to remember their Christmas gift. 
Yeah, it's a very long-lasting gift, unlike a gift certificate to, to the local uh, Ruby Tuesdays or something. Right. Which right. which is uh, you know over pretty quick uh, when you cash that in. This one will last for many years, and it'll be a constant reminder of the gift as well because uh, you know you'll you'll see it. And they're not overly expensive. That's the other thing. People also think signs are thousands of dollars. That's not the case. Right, right. We have a complete line of what we call economical outdoor signs that's very popular. Um, don't have quite all the options available to the uh, New England-style sign, but there are, uh, there are many options there. You can get a very attractive, affordable, long-term outdoor sign uh, for not a whole lot of money. We're talking you know, 50 or 100 bucks. you can get a sign. So um, if for those people who uh, want, want the ultimate in signs, the New England-style signs are available, many different sizes, many different shapes. Um, you can get smooth surface finish. You can get a carved text-style sign. Still plenty of time to get that in as well. So you can get quite elaborate with, with the uh, layout of the sign. And all the way down to stall nameplates, you can get a uh, simple stall nameplate, or you can get a memorial marker, which also is something that, uh, that you might want to consider for, uh, for if you've lost a horse or a pet of some kind. Right. The other thing I, I was curious about um, is the, the signs that you have. Like you can, you can order a sign that can be affixed, let's say, to... A building. It doesn't necessarily have to be the kind that stands alone on posts, right? Correct. A lot of people get a one-sided sign and just uh, mount it directly to a fence, to a flat wall, to a building, something like that. Yes, that can easily be done. And depending on the type of sign and size, we can obviously make recommendations as to the best way to mount that sign. But for those people that want a freestanding sign, we do offer a whole host of uh, what we call two-post mounting systems to help your uh, help hold up your sign. It's pretty cool. And all of that can be found at EZSignsOnline.com. Get your orders in. Just give Wayne a call as you hear the phone's ringing. So uh, give Wayne a call, and he and the artist so will we'll get you taken care of and make sure they send out a proof so you can approve the proof before the sign gets made, and then they ship it out to you. And one other thing uh, is that it's free shipping, right? Over $100, is it? Or? Yeah, most uh, sign orders right now, over 100 bucks is free shipping. So uh, take advantage of that holiday promotion and... Uh, and I want to I want to point out one particular sign that's on your homepage right now that's uh, flashing through, and it's a guy who got a sign for Christmas, and the sign the name of his farm is the Never Ride Your Horse Ranch. So I love that one. <laughs> Isn't that you? Never ride your horse. Yes, exactly. Never ride. You just your horse feed them. Just feed them and drive them. <laughs> then drive them. Ride them. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a great name. Thank you, Wayne, for joining us. EasySignsOnline.com. So now at Thanksgiving, we talked about what we do. What about you? Does you cook or does Buck cook or who does the cooking? Well, this is going to be, I've, I'm rediscovering my cooking gene. So, uh, really? Your Italian yeah. roots are coming out? Yeah, I've been making, um, you know, macaroni and sauce every Sunday like my grandmother used to do. And wow. it's been coming out killer. Wow. Like, you make your sauce too? Oh, yeah. You don't from do it scratch. like I do and buy it from the can? No, oh, this is wow. from, from scratchy scratch. Look at you. I know, I know, and no flashpoints. <laughs> You're not burning the house down. <laughs> no, no, thank goodness. So, um, anyway, I, I think this is going to be a rather quiet Thanksgiving for us. Usually, my sister and brother-in-law come up from New York, or we've got some neighbors or friends and cousins that come over. But it's just going to be the three of us, and um, Buck is going to make the turkey. Now, don't forget he had he had his own restaurant at one point and was oh, really? very. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was he got like these two amazing reviews from the New York Times restaurant critic. Really? 
which was a big deal. Yeah, it was a very successful restaurant. And um, anyway, so he kind of knows his way around the kitchen. So he's going to handle the turkey part, and I'm going to make – I have a cranberry relish, cr- cranberry and orange relish that I make, which is stunning. It's really good and really good for you. You know, cranberries and oranges obviously have a lot of vitamin C and antioxidants in them. So I like to mix a little bit of healthy into <laughs> our Thanksgiving. And then Grace and I are going to make an apple pie from scratch. So it's going to be, you know, a quiet you know, Thanksgiving on the, the farm. Sometimes the quiet ones are fun. You get it to go out and play with your ponies and, uh, you know, you don't have all the hubbub. Sometimes it really, that's fun. Yeah. It, it is fun because our lives, for all three of us, it's just nonstop all the time. So it'll be kind of nice to sit down to dinner at a table, <laughs> the three of us, with a nice fire going and the ponies happy. So I think it'll be really, really nice. Snow on the ground. Possibly. (laughs) You might be getting some snow on the ground. (sighs) Cool. Very good. Well, I hope you enjoy. That's terrific. And uh, welcome back to, uh, like, uh, housewifehood. You cook you. I never really got to be a housewife. Do do you wear the little apron, like, in the 50s TV shows? I'm gonna. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna. You know, for a lot of people, I said this to somebody recently. I said, um... You know, if I had my life to do over again or something like I would be, not if I had to do it over again, but I said I wouldn't mind just being a housewife. And I say just being a housewife. There's a lot of work that goes in, into that. But, you know, I, I was kind of thinking old school. When you are responsible for the well-being of your household, when you're the breadwinner, uh, when you're the one that has the career and you have all of the responsibility plus the child rearing plus you know, if you want to have horses, the horse care and all that, um, even if you have someone else who's contributing to the, the income of the household, being the head of household is extremely, uh, stressful. And so I have these like fantasies of being a housewife is not stressful. (laughs) So I'm like, I can play that role. I can put on an apron and some high heels and a beehive hairdo and (laughs) heck, I'd even smoke a cigarette and drink a glass of wine while I was cooking dinner. (laughs) Unless you're like my friend Carrie, who has ten kids, <laughs> that's not being. That goes back to CEO. That's or or chief operating officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> well, that's it for today, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a very happy holiday tomorrow. Give your horses a hug and a carrot for us. And I will do. Uh, yeah, definitely do that for us. I will make sure to say hi to Scooter for everybody too. Kisses uh, for Beaker, Scooter, yeah. and of course Jen. Scooter expects sweet treats. He's waiting for sweet treats. He he well, loves sweets. So uh, Scooter deserves them. Yeah, he he. Right now, Scooter is standing. I can't even see him. It's raining so hard here in Florida. So, thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you again. And that's it for this week. Happy Thanksgiving. We will be back more next week. Until then, happy scooping. <laughs>